Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is September 20th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over the Dolphins' victory against the New England Patriots. This win pushes them to 2-0. The Dolphins look very exciting, even though this game was close. It had the potential to be tied up late in this game. To me, it seemed like a game the Dolphins were in complete control of the entire time. There were a handful of mistakes that kept this game close, and one that is extremely frustrating, which we'll dive into in a bit, but Overall, I was very proud of uh, what I saw from this team, especially because it seemed like they fixed a lot of the issues that really, really hurt them in that week one matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers. So the Dolphins ended up winning this game by a score of 24 to, to 17. It was a game that came down to the wire to some degree. I guess we'll knock it out right now while we're at the beginning of the episode. There was a final play by the Patriots offense where they were trying to get back and it was a one possession game. They were driving down the field. Mike Kosicki caught a pass short, and frankly, I thought if he would have caught it and just went upfield, he would have had a solid chance at getting the first down, but I guess he was unaware of where he was on the field or kind of caught in an awkward spot. He ended up going backwards for a bit. His only option at that point was to lateral it, so he threw it back to an offensive lineman who caught it. I will admit, made a pretty good play, keeping his balance and diving towards that first down or kind of getting shoved towards that first down area, but after a review, the play was replayed. He came up just short of that first down. A lot of people, for whatever reason, were mad about it. I mean, I get it a little bit. It was an exciting game, and for people who are just casuals who don't really have any dog in the fight and just, you know, want to see an exciting game, uh, you know, I get why you would want that game to continue. It's a primetime showing. Uh, two rivals heading face-to-face. I get it from just a fan standpoint, but the right answer here is he just fell short of the line. Realistically, uh, it was the right call by every stretch of the imagination. Even if you're somebody, uh, you know, who is just a massive Pats fan, if you look at that, he just came up short. And that's the reality of the situation. Uh, I'm sure there's a ton of people that would want to see that game go on and for it to be really exciting. But at the end of the day, the Dolphins deserve to win. That was the right call. I don't understand why there was uh, so much controversy around that. The You know, the right take to have here is that the correct call should be the one that's made. I don't get why this ended up being such a debated topic, but uh, nonetheless, we will move on. So two in this game, 21 for 30, 249 yards. He had a touchdown and he had an interception. This was another overall solid game uh, from Tua. He didn't have the production that we saw from Tyreek Hill in that first matchup. Uh, Tyreek Hill had five catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown came near the goal line. He did a nice little, uh, you know, a stick concept was able to, you know, bounce it outside, find an opening. That was great to see. But overall, Tyreek Hill didn't necessarily have to carry the brunt of the work like how we did in week one. Instead, Tua looked a lot in the direction of a very dynamic receiver in Jalen Waddle. Only four catches in this game, but he managed to get 86 yards with a long of 32 in this one. He did end up leaving the game with an injury, but Jalen Waddle, every single time he touched the ball, just an absolute showcase uh, burst of speed. The guy was electric every single time out there. And then surprise production yet again uh, from River Craycraft, who I think will continue to be kind of in this 30 yards area because he showcased at the end of last season that he is a reliable target. He's kind of a safety blanket for Tua. And I just love what he has to, to offer to this team. He's somebody who, you know, grinded hard, worked his way up through special teams, 
became a reliable outlet, a guy who it seems like you can count on in those big moments. He had another solid game. Same thing could be said for Braxton Berrios, who had 28 catches in this one. Now, Tua's interception was kind of eerily similar to last week's pick. Uh, last week, if you remember, uh, he threw that jump ball opportunity to Braxton Berrios, who we noted is not a guy you want to be throwing a jump ball pass to. Well, he did the same thing here. And Tyreek Hill, an absolute athletic freak. One thing he does not have is that height. He can jump out the gym. But regardless, he is not that guy. He is not a jump ball receiver. Tua kind of underthrew it, forced Tyreek Hill to kind of come back, turned into a jump ball opportunity, intercepted uh, by Pat's rookie Christian Gonzalez, who had a pretty solid uh, outing in this one. So from the passing game overall, I thought it was pretty solid. It wasn't electric like how we saw in week one, but it didn't necessarily have to be because the other component that kind of carried the brunt of the work in this one was the running game. And it's something that the Dolphins kind of drifted away from. They had a good first quarter. The second quarter, they almost completely abandoned the run game. But Raheem Mostert, you know, dealt with those injuries a little bit last week. He said he was going to be fine. And yeah, the guy was absolutely dynamic in this one. 18 carries, 121 yards, two touchdowns. That first touchdown, kind of similar to what we saw last year. Once he's able to bounce it to the outside, he still has that speed. And then the other touchdown, a massive 43-yard run, took it right up the center, all credit to the offensive line, a massive hole. I could have hit that if I was out there, but Raheem Mostert with that breakaway speed, completely untouched. Something that we haven't seen, uh, you know, from the Dolphins in a long time, strictly just because the offensive line would never allow for a play like that to happen. Yet the running game in this one, the Dolphins were able to rely on it. I'm sure Tua could appreciate, uh, you know, not having to chuck the ball up so many times. But overall, a pretty good game, again, offensively from the Dolphins. Now, the side of the ball that was concerning in that game against the Chargers was the defensive side of the ball, primarily when it came to stopping the run. Austin Eckler, John Josh Kelly, the two of them ran all over this Dolphins team. Keenan Allen, pretty solid game from him last week. So how were the Dolphins going to stack up against this Patriots team that it seemed like it was going to be pretty obvious they were going to try to run the ball? Well, they did pretty good. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, 15 carries for 50 yards, 3.3 yards per carry and a touchdown. Overall, pretty, uh, you know, easily contained. Same thing with Ezekiel Elliott, who only totaled 13 yards rushing in this game. The Dolphins were able to neutralize that Pats running game completely, forcing them to become dependent on Mac Jones, who threw the ball 42 times in this one, but only managed 231 yards and one touchdown. He also had a pick uh, courtesy of Xavier Howard. So in large part, a lot of credit goes to those guys up front. Jalen Phillips was out of this one. How were the Dolphins going to respond? Uh, primarily, major props on the defensive side of the ball has to go in this one to Andrew Van Ginkle. The guy was all over the place. He had a sack. He had three quarterback hits, just constantly in the backfield applying pressure. I loved what I saw from him out there. And then another guy, uh, you know, Bradley Chubb. Uh, there were a ton of jokes flying before this game. Will Bradley Chubb make his Dolphins debut? This is going to be his first outing. Uh, you know, he's been relatively quiet ever since the Dolphins acquired him, and it's been a topic of growing frustration. But in this game, he's kind of getting back on that right track. A monster performance uh, with seven total tackles. Five of them were solo. He had a sack, and he also had uh, this just heads-up play where he was able to punch the ball out, running up behind the Pats receiver. Huge momentum shift play on the Dolphins. And then uh, Javon Holland, again, led the team in tackles. The guy is absolutely 
everywhere. And we also saw a pretty good game uh, from David Long, who had eight total tackles and one sack in this one. So the defensive side of the ball stepped up here in a big way. The defensive front, who I had little to no confidence in after that first performance, looked totally different. So that has me very excited as we move forward. Now the Dolphins now will be up against this Denver Broncos team. They won those two games on the road. They head back home now. I'm a little scared. I shouldn't be. This has all the makings for the Dolphins to be massive favorites, but for whatever reason, it almost seems too good to be true. The Dolphins should be able to handle this one with relative ease, but they have to be careful. This has all the makings for whatever reason to be one of those trap games. So I can't see a single point in here why the Broncos would be favored to win this game if you look at it you know, from any angle other than just the fact that it's a trap game. The, the Broncos have looked terrible. The Dolphins have looked good. Maybe they're going to be lazy. I don't know. I, I don't think they will be, but just you have to be careful in those kind of situations. It's something we've all learned just watching, uh, you know, a team like the Jets defeat somebody like the Buffalo Bills while the Buffalo Bills appear to be firing on all cylinders. Things like this happen in the NFL. You have to treat every single opponent with some degree, uh, uh, you know, of respect into my takeaways from this one. There's one glaring issue that it pains me to even say, and I said it last week, uh, you know, the botch snaps. This has to stop. It had to stop in the preseason, and for whatever reason, it carried over into week one. Now, it becoming a defining kind of characteristic of this week two matchup it's just, you know, unacceptable. These are potentially uh, game-defining plays on something as routine as a snap. And again, two botched snaps in this one. Uh, you know, this cannot continue. Something needs to happen. I don't care if you have to shift somebody out and put somebody else in there. We cannot continue just on these casual routine plays losing the ball in key moments. So uh, to get into my takeaways from uh, from this game, the first one is going to be, you know, credits to the offensive line. Good performance in that first week, giving Tua a ton of time to throw the ball. A lot of his success, I thought last week, was just because he had a lot of time to let those plays develop. And that's awesome to see. And then we see here in week two, uh, you know, a, a just terrific game from the running game, consisting of Raheem Mostert, consisting of uh, Savan Ahmed, Easy e also being incorporated in there kind of an electric little Swiss army knife. Maybe over time he'll be able to develop into a Debo Samuel role because he looks good just about every single time he touches the ball. But all of that starts with the offensive line. And as somebody who has watched this team for years and has seen how that issue has plagued and derailed entire seasons, that just brings a tear to my eye. What a beautiful thing to see. Now, the next one here goes to the defensive front. You know, that's your, you know, your defense alignment. That's your edge rushers. That's your, your linebackers. These guys, night and day, when you compare them to that week one performance, they were able to apply a ton of pressure to Mac Jones. Four sacks in this game. He had nowhere to go. The Patriots, a team that's obviously going to try to beat you with their running game. You know, Ramondre Stevenson, Ezekiel Elliott, no guys to kind of shrug at. Both of them pretty good in their own ways. The Dolphins were able to completely neutralize the run game, put the ball in Mac Jones' hands, force him to pass the ball a ton, and he had nothing to work with. Just a complete night and day performance. Was it elite? No, but they are on the complete right track. Hopefully, they're able to keep games like this going. This was awesome to see as well. And now my last uh, major takeaway here is that the Dolphins right now are playing like one of the top, I, I would say, 
three teams in all of the NFL. The ESPN Power Rankings has them as number four, but there are a ton of teams that are good or you know, I guess we could say we thought they would be good and they are playing bad. I'm looking at teams like the Bengals. I'm looking at teams like the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, the Minnesota Vikings. I'm sure, you know, some of these teams will get things going later on throughout the season. But as of right now, the Dolphins are firing, it seems like, just about on all cylinders. They're coming out the gates hot. They look uh, you know, just polished their offensive system, powered by Mike McDaniel and his creativity. Everything seems to be looking good for the Miami Dolphins right now. And I don't want to jinx anything. Uh, you know, injuries can always happen. I'm sure defenses are going to try to make adjustments to account for these, uh, you know, uh, just creative plays that Mike McDaniel's throwing at them. But overall, right now, the Dolphins are sitting atop the NFL in terms of you know, one of the best teams in all of the league. And something that uh, I take a lot of pride in saying right now is that the Dolphins are extremely entertaining to watch. And I know the Dolphins, uh, you know, at some point had some success with Brian Flores, but man, were those games boring to watch or those games were just completely stagnant and devoid of any sort of, you know, offensive power. But now we're seeing something completely different. And it just is so fun to watch. Hopefully the Dolphins are able to kind of get squeezed into more of those primetime games. Because I think, you know, every NFL fan is going to love to watch this team just because of the amount of weapons they have offensively. So guys, that is how I'm going to wrap it up. If you have any topics, questions, things you'd like for me to discuss in a future episode, you can reach out to me on Twitter. That is at ShadySteven and at Via the Source. I would love to know what you guys think. But until next time, I'm Steven Masso. This was Via the Source.